Welcome to episode 246 of Crack the Customer Code, otherwise known as Radio Free Customer Service. The revolution has begun. Okay, we are here and we have a lens into one of the coolest customer service and customer culture companies around, and that is Basecamp with our guest Chase Clemens. Yeah, Chase really does a great job of not only sharing here with us, but he talks about customer support with other folks in those roles in leadership positions and has just a great knowledge of what works and what doesn't in culture and throughout any organization. Oh, absolutely. I've known Chase for years. We've been interacting online and he really does walk his talk, not just, you know, out here sort of talking about customer service, but within the organization and at Basecamp. And one of the things I thought was really interesting about this interview was something we talk about a lot, but just their way of empowering employees and how Mm -hmm. that was part of the culture, that their way of saying customers first, we put the customer first and you make sure that whatever you need to do, obviously within reason, you're going to take care of the customer. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. He gives a lot of great insights here. So sharpen your pencils, everybody. (laughs) Sharpen them up. All right, Jeannie, let's hear about Chase. Well, Chase Clemens is a support lead at Basecamp with his own customer service podcast, and he devours lessons from brands as varied as Wegmans, Nordstrom's, and Amazon, as well as his own five-plus years of experience to continually enhance Basecamp's customer service program. Chase's industry knowledge is deep and wide, and he'd love to share customer service best practices with all of you listeners. Today, We're looking for you to easily improve outcomes of your own customer programs. For example, he often uses, he often helps users with questions unrelated to Basecamp, chiming in on why their Outlook isn't working or why their Twitter messages aren't coming to their phone. (laughs) (laughs) So he has some great ways to help customers in all sorts of different ways. We're really pleased to have him with us today. Chase, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for giving me a shot to be on the show. Well, uh, so great. You know, you and I have been interacting for years now, Chase, and you're a great podcaster and you've been in this game forever. And you work for one of the really sort of hallmark companies in services of software, and that's Basecamp. But there, the older I get, the more I realize every time I think everybody's heard of everything, there's always somebody who hasn't. So in case somebody doesn't know what Basecamp is, can you tell us a little bit why uh, about what it is and why the technology company is known for customer support. Yeah, so Basecamp is a really great way to kind of manage all the the projects and communication that goes on in your company. So it sounds kind of boring on the surface, but like once you dig in and you've got like a small business that's growing and the you know you you drop a file here or you can't remember if you've talked to this client or you don't know if this to do over here has gotten finished. Like Basecamp helps with all that. It, it basically gives you one home base where you can go in and kind of organize your business. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I get to interact with a lot of small business owners. So it's you know we're doing our own little small. Part to help other small businesses grow and and just be awesome as they can be. I think uh, to the latter part of your question, you know, with, uh, with Basecamp, yeah, we are a tech company, but we're a small business just like anybody else. And kind of like every other small business out there knows, it's a lot cheaper to keep your current customers than it is to get new ones every month. Um, one of the things, man, Adam, I think it was on your site a long time ago, but there was a survey that was talking about where a new customer 
cost you up to 10 times as much as any of your current customers do. So basically, you're paying 10 times the cost just to get a new customer versus keeping your current ones. And and the best way to keep those is to just kind of give them a very solid awesome customer experience when they, when they interact with your app, you know, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times people kind of tack on customer service and customer support as like this, this cost center, right. But really it's, it's just as much of a feature of your product as, as the last actual feature your team added in, because when it's, when it's done right, it can set you apart from the competition. Uh, there are so many apps out there like Basecamp. You know, it's really, I wouldn't say easy, but it's, you can go out and you can recreate Basecamp, but you can't go out and recreate the customer experience that we have. That's something that's much harder to copy. And it's a great way to give you an edge over your, your competitors and kind of keep your customers from going over to them. So yeah, I think that's why, you know, like we make customer support and customer service a core product feature. And that kind of is what, what sets us apart from other tech companies. That's cool. And I, I love how you spread this message of great support wherever you, Chase, happen to be. <laughs> you do these podcasts and blogs and you it's really about not only supporting the customers, but supporting the community of people and the the ones who provide the support as well. And so I'm I'm just curious because you must hear about all sorts of different challenges. So what are some of the main challenges you hear about that that kind of stand in the way of delivering great support and a great experience? Yeah. So back when I was hired with Basecamp in, in 2011, like that was the problem. Like we didn't even know what challenges other people were facing because nobody talked about it. So you know we kind of started like um, this the podcast that that I have with a couple of people. Like that was born out of a we need to start talking about this and, and talking about it in a way that other people can start learning about you know how to deliver a great experience along with the challenges there. And I think even to this day, you know, so we've been doing the the show since 2011. Um, even to this day, the biggest challenge I hear from from people, uh, especially small teams, just because I work with small teams a lot. Um, those small teams are trying to act like huge companies. You know, they jump in, they want to do so much, but they only have a couple of people on the support team. So, like for example, you know, if you've got say three people on your team. It's just not feasible to offer email support and phone support and live chat and social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and everything else, right? Like you've got to... 24-7. Exactly. Right? Offer all that yeah. and offer it 24-7, weekends included, right? And God forbid if you take mm-hmm. off a holiday. Um, mm-hmm. That idea is just so bogus. Like you've got to act your size. You got to focus on like focus on one thing, like email. Right? Everybody knows how to email a company. Everyone knows how email works. Like focus on getting that right. Get that experience right and make it really memorable. And, and that will kind of set you up for tackling all those other things as you grow and and, and your team gets bigger. Um, Basecamp's the same way. We didn't offer 24-7 support until our team size was big enough to offer that. You know, once we kind of made it past 10 or 11 people, that's when we started offering it. When I first joined, there were, you know, four or five of us. There was no way. Like we worked Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and that was it. Um, mm. So, you know, act your size kind of the the kind of corollary to that is like when you act your size you're going to get all the advantages of being a quick and nimble team uh, you're going to do things that other big companies can't do like um uh, like writing a personalized thank you card to your customers right or sending out holiday cards that are signed by your actual team members there's a company like microsoft or amazon or huge other company they're not going to do that 
you know? So, mm-hmm. so act your size, embrace your size, embrace the constraints that you have around that size. Uh, and I think once you do that, you can deliver just a, a fantastic experience that's going to blow the socks off your customers. Yeah, I lo- love yeah, it. I love that. And, you know, we, we've, we've connected on that before. We're both come from small business and a small business mindset. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, each uh, sort of size of business has its own challenges. I mean, scale has its challenges. Being small, not having resources has its challenges. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things I've always thought that small businesses could learn from large businesses in theory <laughs> is having good processes and systems. Mm-hmm. But a lot of companies, whether they're small or big, if they do that, they get stuck in them and they grow yep. and they become non-customer friendly and they're not changing. So Basecamp, you know, it's obviously got a playbook and it's always evolving. Can you share a bit about, you know, maybe a recent evolution, how you approach policies, processes, procedures, all that? Yeah, I think the the core part to all this is that when you hire somebody, you're you're hiring them because you trust them with your with your customers. And when you make a good hire, when you make a solid hire, you don't need a ton of processes in place. Like with Basecamp, you know, one of the good examples I use with everyone is is a refund policy, right? Like this is one of those that that bigger companies and more stringent policy-based companies can kind of get bogged down in. It's like, well, what situations do we give a refund in? Do we give a partial refund? Is it a full refund? How far back do we go? Like there's all this, like you need a flow chart to figure some of this stuff out, right. you know? <laughs> um, Basecamp, we don't do that. We we leave it up to the, to the individual support team member that's working with a customer. So if a customer writes in and says, hey, like I forgot to cancel Basecamp last month. It just totally slipped my mind. No worries. Like there's not a big flow chart. It's, we're just going to give you a refund. Um, I was working with a, a customer last week that was like, man, I know it's just a $20 charge, but I completely forgot about it. It kind of got lost in the, the shuffle of my business, but we haven't used Basecamp in six months. And I was like, no big deal. That's fine. Like you haven't used us. Like here's a refund for six months. There, there, there's no reason why we should be charging you if you're not using it. So, um, and that was just a, an instant, I can make that call, uh, right away. There was no like getting approval. There was no like flow chart. There's no policy or anything like that. It was just kind of like, just, we trust you make that call. I'm going to have um, a couple of companies you need to call for me after you've done things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yep. like every time I interact with other companies, it's like, man, why can't they be like us? Which is also, it gives me a good like entry point to be like, hey, like here's my podcast. You should listen to this. <laughs> so, But yeah, that's well, kind of like the the big policy stuff. I mean, even down to little stuff, like one of the recent things we started doing is, is using a product called cloud app. Um, super quick, easy way to just kind of take a screenshot or record a video. Now, again, I know it doesn't like sound really exciting, but by using this, we're able to really personalize um, interactions with customers. And again, it's not like we came down and said like, here's a blanket policy. You have to do this. You have to use this app. We just like, I found it. I introduced it to the team and was like, hey, I've been using this to kind of, you know, instead of typing out all these steps for a customer to, to read and follow, I've used this app just to kind of record what they should do and then send it over to them. So, oh, um, awesome. you know, we make these quick videos, we send them over. Customers love that kind of like personalization that comes because like the video starts with like, you know, hey, Adam, like, hey, Jenny, like, like, here's how you do this. Here's what you're looking to do in Basecamp and how to do it. And uh, customers love it. But again, it wasn't like a forced policy. It was just like, hey, I think this is really great. And y'all should give it a shot. That's cool. That's cool. That reminds me of one of my favorite stories with uh um, safe light repair. Mm-hmm. They um, they were sending out something to a customer and realized during the 
interaction that uh, she was deaf. And so one of the people in the office spoke sign language. So this guy, the repair technician took a video of what he was going to explain once he got mm-hmm. there of this woman doing it in sign language oh, so that awesome. he could he could be just very direct. And it was exactly what you're talking about. Like he saw the issue. They could they were empowered to address mm-hmm. it. And the customer, of course, loved it because it's so much easier for her to communicate then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a really, really neat example of that. Yeah. And if um, she ever needs a window repaired again, like who's she going to call? Oh, exactly. Again. She's going to tell everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's it's interesting because you guys talk about a customer service playbook, which sounds like, OK, it's kind of loose, which I like, because that's really about what you're talking about, empowerment and letting people make their own decisions. And I think there's a lot to be said around how that leads to innovation too. just, you know, the video example that you gave of, OK, now we're doing it this way because it's just a better way now and we have the ability to do mm-hmm. it. And I think we all love learning about the innovators out there. I know Adam and I do. And I, you know, based on your blog and your podcast and other things, I know you do, too. So I'm just curious, what are some of your favorite examples around innovation around customer service? Do you have any that kind of come to mind? Yeah. So I'd say like picking up little tricks and tips and things like that. Um, the, the folks over at the uh, over at Help Scout, uh, which is a, a customer support mm-hmm. app, they, they do a fantastic job of kind of um, bringing those up and giving you these practical things to do, right? Um, same thing. I learned a, a ton from, uh, Carolyn. She's the, she's the chief happiness over at Buffer. Um, Jeff is, uh, one of the product developers and, and managers over at, at Wistia and then Chase Livingston over at, at Automatic. Like these, so I say those names, those are all on the podcast. Those are my friends. Those are the people that just like really inspire me and I can learn from them. Um, I think kind of off the beaten trail of that kind of stuff. One of the things I'm really interested in right now is kind of bringing, so there's this this uh, theory called jobs to be done, which is kind of like a marketing approach that people are taking, um, like bringing that idea and bringing it into the customer service world. So I don't know how much y'all know about uh, like that approach, but basically um, Clay Christensen and Bob Moesta created this framework that's a really helpful way to figure out why customers are buying your product and more importantly, why they switch from whatever they were doing beforehand to your product. From the customer service perspective, it's always really helpful to know what's going on with a customer when they email us uh, with like an idea or a feature request. And and this kind of jobs to be done approach helps us get to the why part of their idea. Like, you know, you need X and Basecamp. Well, why do you need that? Like what what kind of led up to you requesting that idea? What was the situation? What were the the dominoes that fell for you to uh, kind of to prompt you to email us. So this, this jobs to be done approach helps us with that. And it helps us with, um, like the documentation and, and the training resources that we offer for, for new Basecamp customers. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing some job to be done interviews with, with Ryan and Bob. And, and one of the kind of big recurring themes that we kept hearing were, was that these customers were putting together cheat sheets and training guides and, and resources to bring to their team in order to get them to like buy into Basecamp and, and to kind of get them trained on Basecamp. So basically there was this anxiety around using Basecamp that was like, ah, will my team really pick this up and really use it? I don't know. So I'm going to like do these cheat sheets and guides to help them do that. Well, from a support perspective, from a customer team perspective, like we can do that for them. We can create these cheat sheets and guides and resources and, and that frees the customer up 
to not have to do those. It, it lessens the anxiety. It increases the chance that they're actually going to buy Basecamp and then it's going to be successful. Um, so there's this, this innovation going on around this jobs to be done approach. that's really interesting. And there's a lot of marketing people kind of, and product development people that are using it. But I think that there's something there that can be brought into the customer world too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cause it's really looking at things from their perspective, but also proactively solving things, which I also love. So that's, that's cool. It's looking at the sort of the process they go through in their head, right? And trying to anticipate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So Clay's got a really interesting um, kind of summary. He basically says like this jobs to be done approach lets you crawl into the customer's skin, like live with them for a day, know exactly what's going on in their day, get into their, like really put yourselves into their shoes for a day. And once you do that, then you can understand the choices that they're making and how you can help, um, help with those choices. Hmm. Try to get our teams to wear the customer's shoes. They just don't always fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so with Basecamp, you know, I've, so I've been there since 2011. Like we like basically everybody that, that approaches Basecamp and uses Basecamp falls into like four or five big job categories. So like I understand those kind of. Um, but I had the chance uh, a couple of weeks ago to do some job to be done interviews for a completely different product. And I was like, holy crap, like I don't understand this situation at all. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. So it's it was really eye-opening and, and really let you like put yourself in the customer's shoes, which was fun. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic. And it's fantastic that you have a culture there. And I know, I know it comes from the top, from the leaders at um, Basecamp that allows you to look at customers that way and to uh, look at these different frameworks and to be nimble in approaching, you know, improving customer experience and improving the approaches to customer experience. Mm -hmm. And not every leader is that way. So what should leaders know about customer support organizations? I mean, what You've obviously had other jobs before Basecamp and things like that. What do you wish the leaders knew that aren't quite as, uh, I don't know, at the forefront like uh, leaders at Basecamp are? Yeah. I, so I wish more people knew that the customer team is one of the core strengths of your company. Like so often people think of the the customer service team and support team as like basically sunk cost centers, right? So like Comcast, Walmart, any, pick any big company that you want to out there. Like they know people are going to have problems. So they have to find like the cheapest possible way to get answers to them. And, and so that kind of sets up the mindset of like support and, and customer service is just another cost that I have to like put up with. And I'm going to minimize it as much as I can. And that's just the, the complete wrong approach to take to, again, what is one of the core strengths of your company. These, you know, people that are that are on the customer teams that are, uh, they're, they're talking to your customers day in and day out. So they know what they love about your product. They know what problems that they're running into with your product, and they know how to make things better for your customers. So, you know, your customer teams are not just email monkeys answering another email or answering another Facebook message or whatever. Like these are the people that are your, your company's face every single time they, they talk to your customer. So like in that moment when the customer is reaching out for help or asking a question or, or whatever the customer's doing there, it's, it's not Basecamp. It's, you know, it's Marissa is Basecamp in that moment for that customer or Chase is Basecamp for that customer uh, at that moment. So I wish that, that more leaders would understand that and, and kind of get away from the mindset that, that customer service and support is a cost when it's not. It's, a, it's an integrated core part of your company and it's a, it's a feature of your product that can set you apart from your competitors. I really like the way you said that because I think that's something that um, 
you know, those we talked about those companies with the stringent rules around what can and can't be done. Mm -hmm. They're not really connecting those dots of the fact that right in this moment, you know, Chase is base camp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's and so we can't take the you can't take the human being out of that equation and you also can't take the brand out of that equation. Like they have to both have a place there. And I think that's a great way to look at it. So, well, this was this was really great because I think it's such a great example of how you guys have grown to where you are by focusing on the customer and by focusing on having a seat at the table from the very beginning and and what that can do to really serve not only the customers that you serve, but also the company. I mean, it helps you grow in the right way. So um, this was fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us. And I would love to uh, connect all of our listeners with all of the resources that you make available. So where can people, you know, follow your lead and connect with you online and learn more about this. Yeah. So um, I'm over on Twitter. I'm at Chase Clements there. Um, you heard me mention the podcast a couple of times. That's supportops.co, um, not .com, but .co. So you can check us out there. And of course, you know, if any of your, if anybody out there listening to this needs help with like getting your team on the same page, like check out basecamp.com. I, like I know I work there. I, I know I, I like I, I market it all the time, but it's an absolute lifesaver, and it's a product that even if I didn't work here, I'd still use it every single day. So check it out, basecamp.com. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and keep doing what you're doing. And and uh, yeah, I think it's it's great to have people who are connecting not only for the customers but also for the people who serve the customers. So yeah, thanks so much. Thanks Jay. for all you do. Uh, thanks, my pleasure. And, and yeah, it was it was great to be on the show. Thanks y'all. Thanks for for giving us a chance. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Well, I think all of us can walk away and think of better ways to serve our customers. Thanks to that conversation with Chase, it was awesome. It was absolutely. And I I love these stories of how customer service teams are actually executing in the real world with customers. And what I like about Chase is he brings that, you know, frontline, but supervisory and manager perspective as well. So he's Mm -hmm. got both those lenses of not only what it's like to execute face-to-face with the customers, but how to manage the team that's executing face-to-face with customers. And uh, those are two different skills and require two different approaches often. And I guess he's got the, you know, right brain, left brain thing going because he's handling both those things so well. So that was a really great conversation. And I think I'm going to walk away thinking about not only how I can support customers in my, you know, business, but going beyond that, really thinking of how can we support them beyond just being a customer. So we hope you got a lot out of this as well. I did. Were you talking to, were you talking to me or the guests? I don't know. Yes, I was just worried <laughs> about the, you, Adam. Or the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. Check out C-Suite Radio and C-SuiteTV.com. We appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Kapork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.